WKTY 96.7 FM 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. Thanks again to uh, Austin Redfern from the EWL fishing team to chat a little bit about their fundraiser coming up on the 19th out at uh, Crooked Pine and on Alaska there. So plan on making, uh, make your plans to stop on out there and help support the team. Anyway, we got to, uh, I got to hop into this interview here and, uh, uh, of course, get tackle Terry Tuma on uh, uh, frequently here. I had a chance to speak with him last week uh, up at the uh, St. Paul Ice Fishing Show and uh, talked about a lot of different things, talked about early ice and safety and everything and uh, tactics, techniques, uh, a little bit of everything here. So uh, give you a chance to uh, hear that interview, and you know, here it is on WKTY Outdoors. Here at the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show with uh, frequent guest tackle Terry Tuma. Terry, thanks for uh, for making time today and uh, getting this uh, uh, some nice digs here at the uh, the clam booth. We're sitting in one of the shelters right now. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. It's a pretty nice shelter, isn't it? I can't just try to imagine we're sitting on the ice in this shelter, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think uh, the ice is carpeted here like on the floor here, but. You know, this will do for the moment. <laughs> yes, it will. But it, it's amazing uh, what Kramer has done with a lot of their houses this year. Uh, you know, with the um, Excel series, the, the doors, the entry doors, um, walking basically in more headroom. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of changes in their fish houses. Yeah, this and this is uh, the, the booth that we're in, or the, the the shelter that we're in right now is is really pretty nice. I mean, it's it's comfortable in here. The chairs are comfortable. I mean, it's. Uh, it's 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 very nice, and this is just one of, of a number of different sized ones that the, that they've got here on display this weekend. You, yeah, that's exactly right. You know what I've been telling a lot of people, some friends of mine even uh, made some comments, Kevin. I'm going to talk about that. It's a seminar, mm-hmm. but so often you know the American consumer is bigger is better. Yeah. You know, and so often they'll buy a two or three man fish house, like we're sitting in a three man, mm-hmm. and uh, and they fish alone. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden they realize, oh, I don't need this big of a fish out. Uh, so they run into issues of loading and unloading it. And uh, you, I'm seeing quite a few people that are downsizing the fish out again, according to how many people fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are, and, and, and I believe we walked by some, what, single single person shelters? And- yes, yeah, we did. And there, they have several single, uh, two man three-man, four-man fish houses. Yep, exactly. And, yeah, depending on what you uh, and depending on what you need, I mean, you know, it, the, the two of us are in, like you said, this three-man booth, and, I mean, there is a lot of room in here. Yeah, there really is. And um, one thing I should mention, too, Kevin, I have the Legend XT, and the reason I went with that one, it's got, pretty similar to this, it's got 16 feet of uh, fishable space, mm-hmm. 16 square feet versus 10 or 11. That's a lot of diff- oh, different, yeah. Yeah. when you're, Putting up your vexlar and your rods and so forth—it's mm-hmm. a big factor. Yeah, true, and yeah, and we're not all bulked up with heavy winter clothing either. No, and we don't have any gear with us, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> just uh, just my phone and my microphone. But uh, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's really nice. And th- again, this is just uh, some of the things that uh, that Clam is, is uh, uh, got on display here this weekend. Yeah, they have uh, you know rods, of course, and tackle and so forth too. Uh, they have come out with, uh, with a new rod. That are a couple new rods, Kevin, that uh, are pretty impressive. One is called a katana, okay. and it's a it's fairly inexpensive, mm-hmm. but it's really uh, very appealing. The handle is a different material, and it's got these sort of rubber slip rings that hold your uh, real base to, to mount it. Uh, very very impressive. And then of course, uh, the, they uh, have added to the drop shot series. 
um, which is really for ice spoolers, you know, mm -hmm. dropping it right down. But I put some spinning reels on it, okay. uh, some of the short ones. Here again, too, that's another question that's always asked, you know, what length of rod do you need? Mm -hmm. well, like in a house like this, you know, you can use a longer rod, but I really uh, feel, and I think it's very important, you cut your hole and you have a rod that's shorter. Mm -hmm. You know, like a 20, 22, 24 inch. Okay. And and, and, and there are times, though, when, when a longer rod is part of what you need. Well, it really is. You know, especially if you're in a skid house or a wheel house or, or even in a house like this where you want to have a dead sick rod. Yeah. You know, one rod being a dead sick rod, maybe it's a spring bobber set or whatever. But you're right. Uh, it's not always short rods. Right, right. Yeah, they're not just the, the little the small right and, and obviously the the maybe the longer rods are a little more you know stout for depending on what you're fishing for yeah too. yeah they really are and i think that's another um big factor uh is that if you're going to be buying a rod is make sure that the rod is traded for the poundage of test line mm -hmm. the lures that you're using as far as weight and also um the kind of tip action you have right. you know fishing for sunfish and crappies um i really uh, push and talk a lot about the soft tip, the real soft mm -hmm. tip rods, because if you have a, a stiffer rod and you're fishing with um, a two pound line, you got, you know, if you, if it, you, it, it doesn't match up. No, it doesn't match up, you know, and therefore then too, if it doesn't match up, uh, it's going to cost you fish. You're not going to feel the fish. Mm -hmm. And then likewise too, um, Kevin, if you got a real ultralight rod and you're using real heavy line that also just the opposite but doesn't match up at yeah. all and that's and and that yeah i mean you you have to pair everything together you have to you know to so it, it works the, the whole system works correctly yeah you're right and i think you know the best advice uh is you know when you come to a show like this or you go to a sporting goods store or whatever it is is go and look at the rods and put them in your hand mm -hmm. see how they feel yep. uh and i think that's the best we all have pet rods but i think that's the best way uh to really approach purchasing a new rod mm -hmm. yep and and you know if you have questions and and here is a great place to talk to uh, talk to professionals or, or someone like yourself as well uh, you know that uh, you know it, it's like if you've got questions about how to set that set everything up this is the place to do it yeah it really is you know it's a great uh, show it's first of all it's the world's largest ice fishing show mm -hmm. and then uh, also too if you're looking for you know products sure that's great but if you need some information like like you mentioned rod selection and so forth right. this is really the place to go you got everything under one roof yep. and you got very knowledgeable people at the show mm -hmm. yep and and they can answer whether it's about shelters or or rods reels lures and everything uh yeah this is uh this is uh the place to be this week yeah it really is there's no question about it and uh you know here again too um the show does you know not only equipment and so forth fish out you got the wheelhouses you got resorts out here mm -hmm. um everything that really ice fishing yep yep and uh i've already talked to a few people that that have, have been out or are making plans to get out so yeah i mean it's uh the, the season is here finally <laughs> yeah it really is uh and you know of course mother nature always rules we know that yeah but the season is here and i really feel except this year is a little bit unique but usually right after the ice fishing show that's when fishing really kicks in ice mm -hmm. fishing yeah. and but it's going to be dependent again on mother nature yeah yeah yeah, that's uh, that's that's very true. It's been kind of an odd odd year. Well, now now one of the things that it, 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 
that you're you're doing here this weekend besides uh, being here at the uh, the clam booth uh, uh, at the the show here is uh, you've got a couple seminars planned as well. Let's talk a little bit about what uh, uh, those will be covering. Those topics will be. Yeah, um, today, uh, Kevin, it's going to be at two o'clock Friday. Uh, we'll be doing a sunfish crappie seminar mm-hmm. tomorrow at twelve o'clock. Doing will be a walleye fishing seminar, and I always update these seminars uh, so there's something new to talk about. Sure. And I tell the audience many, many times, I go stand up there and talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think they want to listen to me for hours. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, and 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 talk a little bit about uh, you know obviously uh, two totally different species uh, approaches techniques. Um, you know, and, and you go over some of those things as well. During this. Yeah, I do. Um, and thank you for asking. Yes, uh, definitely uh, talking about, let's say, with the sunfish and crappies. You know, sure, I'm going to talk a little bit about equipment, a little bit about um, dress, clothing, and so why it's so important, but also, too, uh, locations. And then we'll talk about uh, rod and reel selection, how to run your Vexlar, mm-hmm. uh, and then really uh, get into the best times of the year. I talk a lot about fishing pressure, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the noise, sure. too big, and the weather. Mm-hmm. Those are three big ingredients in being successful on the ice. Yep, exactly. And and we we have talked about uh, some of those uh, some of those topics before. And and uh, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, um, I guess I'm thinking about this weekend too is it being early in the season. You know, where are those fish going to be located? Uh, where are you going to find those? You know, early sunfish and and, and crappies and um, you know, because they're they're not necessarily going to be in the same place later this winter. No, and that's a uh, good point. And I think you know, so often, and that's why I'm going to talk about this in the seminars. We always think first size shallow fish, mm-hmm. mid ice deep fish, and then back to shallows. Uh, that's not necessarily true. Uh, we've had. Um, fishing experiences where we've got people fishing crappies and sunfish in 12, 14 feet of water. Mm-hmm. And quite a few people, almost like a community hole. Mm-hmm. And then you go out there, you drill, drill a couple of holes, you don't either mark any fish or a couple of small ones. And then, so then you got to move and then I'll always go out to deep water. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing in the spring. Everybody says shallow, shallow, shallow. We put a lot of big sunfish in 30 feet of water just before I saw it. Yep. And, and the, the one question, as you were answering here, the, the, the one thing I I guess I, I wanted to ask about that maybe I, I don't know if we've ever touched on before is just the differences to uh, where those fish are going to be located in say a river environment versus say a lake environment obviously the the size of the lake might obviously would play a role but I you know two totally different types of environments yeah they really are you know and you know we all know about the I think the river systems backwater areas which mm-hmm. are always you know quite productive mm-hmm. those fish can be extremely shallow mm-hmm. uh, and they can be a little bit deeper versus a lake but you know really I think it was such a, not so much on a river system but it's fishing pressure mm-hmm. um, and we all know how fishing yep. pressure has changed in ice fishing mm-hmm. uh, how it has changed changed drastically yep. and that really does affect the bite uh, the noise, you know, and the fishing pressure, just the noise. It's just amazing how uh, noise, just to give you an idea, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you, but I had the opportunity to visit with a commercial netter uh, fishing okay. for buffalo and carp mm-hmm. on the river system. Okay. Uh, I shouldn't say fishing, he was saining. Sure, sure. And, and he showed me on, on his graph, they had uh, one of their employees, this was a two and a half feet of water, Kevin. Mm-hmm. They had one of their employees walk over to school of fish. 
just from his footsteps, they made a V from his footsteps. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're dealing with. You know, I don't know how many times we've had camera people out, TV people out. We mark fish. They come and set up. The fish are on. Yeah. 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 I think we really downplay this fishing pressure and noise factor. And then, and then, and, and those are just you know footsteps. Then you add in you know ATVs or vehicles yeah. and things like that, and setting up a house, yeah. cutting holes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. And. Uh, Maybe those fish will come back to that area, maybe not. Yeah, you're right. And you and that's, I'm glad you brought that up. And I need to talk about that at the seminar. We have this tendency to move, move, move all the time. Mm-hmm. I really sort of diffuse that concept. You know, if you're in a spot so you got uh, some sunfish at 6.30 in the morning, all of a sudden they're gone or crappies, stay there. See if you can attract these fish back. You know, sure, you don't want to sit there for two hours and not mark a fish, right. but don't be in such a terribly big hurry to move. Mm-hmm. And the best way to, you know, sometimes accommodate, I'll usually go out, drill four or five holes, and then uh, drop the transducer down and see if we can mark any fish. Mm-hmm. Give it about 15, 20 minutes, and then keep moving till you find fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, because, you know, it's it just those fish, depending on, on your location, obviously, but, you know, those fish could come back to where you're, where you're at and, you know, you don't even have to move or, or shift things around or anything. Well, you're right. And you can, you know, by doing the correct jigging, so you can draw them back in too, Kevin. Okay. And then the other thing, too, is we have such a tendency to think uh, that walleyes are sort of located in one area. Walleye, I really believe, one time and summertime, they can move a lot. I mean, you know, a ton. And then also, too, we got this concept, six inches off the bottom or foot off the bottom for crappie, sunfish, and walleye. Mm-hmm. Many times they're suspended way up off the bottom. Wow. And we don't really accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if, you got, if you're trying to draw in sunfish, say you're in uh, 15 feet of water, start jigging right around eight feet below the ice mm-hmm. and see if you can draw these fish in. It's just amazing, Kevin, how you can draw those fish back into that hole. Right, and the other thing, too, is, you know, a lot of, you know, some of these species, they're they're not necessarily looking down for their food, but they're looking up. So, I mean, you know, that it, you know, fishing above them, you're right, can maybe at times bring those fish back to that area. Well, yeah, there's no question about it. I was fishing with the owner of Vexlar here um, some time ago, and he was doing, you know, we were marking many fish, mm-hmm. but we started jigging way up off off the bottom, mm-hmm. like like six, seven, I think it was like 10, 12 feet. Okay. And all of a sudden, we were throwing all the sunfish in. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot to, but, but even in the open water, we get so indoctrinated, so brainwashed doing this way, this way, this way, mm-hmm. we as anglers sometimes don't want to change. Yeah. Or, or we don't accept the change. Mm-hmm. We've got to, if you want to be successful on the ice or open water, you've got to look at yeah. different ways of catching these mm-hmm. fish. And especially, and, and especially too, you know, it, it, open water season is, is certainly one thing, but I, I think too is, you know, during ice fishing season, I think that, that, that your point is, is even more, more relevant in terms of, of you know, where those fish are locating and, and where you're going to find them. Well, you're right. And, you know, the biggest thing is just keep an open mind and pre-plan your trip. And then, too, we have limited mobility in the wintertime. But in the uh, summertime, open water with our boats, we can run all over sure. a body of water. And in the wintertime, we can't. That's why it's so important for us to really, I call it pre-plan your trip. Mm-hmm. You know, where am I going to start? Where am I going to end up? And then stay with five, six, seven spots and just work those spots. Obviously, if you're not catching any fish, you've got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. But again, too, I, you know, hear the comment, and I still remember this, uh, 
it was about 8.30 in the morning. We had a good bite going, Kevin, uh, sunfish. Mm -hmm. And we're in 30-some feet of water. These uh, two guys came out with two pickups. Mm -hmm. I bet you they drilled 50 to 60 holes at 8.30 in the morning. They just kept drilling. Two guys kept drilling, <laughs> drilling, drilling. They fished one hole, and they left. Oh. You know, so that, you know, here again, why are you doing all this drilling? Mm -hmm. You're spooking all the fish around you. Yeah. Uh, and there was just no sense in doing that. But you see some really different approaches on ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, things that you wouldn't nor you wouldn't normally think of, but yeah, it just, people just don't, and, and, and that's one of the things that, that I enjoy about talking with you and, and, you know, your seminars and everything is, is that, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, open water fishing is, is, there's so much to learn there, but, but ice fishing, same situation, but I mean, it, it's a totally different, you know, there's, there's a, a bit of a different skill set, but just the knowledge base is so different in how those fish will react and, and, and uh, where they're located and, and what they're doing this time of year that I mean it's 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 completely different than open water seas. Well you're right and you know same like with walleyes, crappies and sunfish uh, we always hear the concept or or hear the comment well I didn't feel that fish or I'm waiting for that thump never happened mm -hmm. especially with sunfish and crappies and more so maybe with sunfish these fish are bite so light mm -hmm. that you will never even feel yeah. that bite you know as many times it's like a, a gut feel if you will mm -hmm. um, we're using a spring bobber sure but many times that fish will not even move a spring bobber yeah. and that's something that we need to really dial in that's why a rod is so important your confidence is so important patience and then uh, I call it visibility you're watching that rod waiting for a feel if the line just jumps set the hook if you're marking uh, a, a, a red band and your lure officer sort of maybe disappears a little bit mm -hmm. set the hook yeah yeah but then you got a fish on yeah. and, and the other thing too that uh, I, I, I wanted to follow up on too was was just I, I think this time of year uh, during ice fishing season um, Obviously, your electronics are important during the open water season, but I think it's it's even more so, you know, doubly so, in terms of of the importance of having those electronics and being able to to see what what's underneath the water. Uh, so much, just I think it makes it so much easier to to do what you're trying to do. Well, yeah, I agree with you 100. percent Yes. Um, again, back to you know, we're limited mobility. And I don't know how many times people ask, well, how, do you see any fish? How deep is it? Mm -hmm. You know, sure, that's part of the uh, success. But most importantly is marking your fish. Mm -hmm. And then where is my lure in conjunction with those fish? Yeah. You know, I think that's so very, very important uh, to, uh, to relate to that. You know, really, at that time, depth doesn't make any difference, mm -hmm. you know, at all. It's just... I've got to get my lure in that strike zone. That's where your electronics is going to really help us. Yep. You know, if you're fishing in 20 feet of water, if you're fishing in 100 feet of water, it doesn't make any difference at all. Just where is that lure in conjunction with the mm -hmm. fish? Exactly, exactly. Uh, anything else, Terry, that, uh, that, that I guess we haven't necessarily, maybe that we haven't touched on that you wanted to touch on uh, uh, today? Well, I, you know, one thing is sort of... I, Oh. oh, we didn't even talk. We were talking about line, weren't we? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought about. No. But yeah, the importance of the, yeah. the line. Talk yeah. about that. Well, it's extremely important. That's one of the most question uh, questions at this, any seminar: open water ice fishing. And for ice fishing, I have now switched to uh, 
uh, Berkeley Crystal Ice. Okay. Um, uh, it, it's a braided line, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of pluses. One is that uh, the diameter line is versus poundage of test mm -hmm. is unbelievable. You, know, you get two pound uh, test of crystal ice, and it, the diameter is about three quarter of a pound. Okay. Uh, no stretch, extremely sensitive, and also too, uh, when you when you talking about no stretch, that under most conditions that's a big plus, but. We need a rod that's going to have a faster tip because something has to give. Mm -hmm. And then uh, along with that, too, uh, what you can do, and I'm still working on this. I talked to a friend of mine. He said he doesn't really uh, know if it makes a big difference, but there's so many comp. Well, if you're using braided line, that you should have some sort of a fluorocarbon or mono leader. Mm -hmm. And I've been working back and forth with that. And for if we feel it's necessary, and at times it probably will be because of the visibility factor, but uh, to take a number 14, number 16 swivel, uh, a swivel, mm -hmm. and tie it on the one end of the braid line, and then the mono or the fire, uh, the fluorocarbon on yeah. the other end, and then now you got the visibility uh, factor solved. But here too, we hear about the blood knots and all these kind of ways of approaching that, and. It's too much of a hassle. You're wondering, is that not going to hold? You know, this swivel, using that real small black swivel, it come up right through the rod guides and right onto the spool of the reel. Exactly. And then in, in mono is uh, has a lot of stretch. There's going to be applications. Yes, you would want to use mono if you need to have stretch. And the other is fluorocarbon. The fluorocarbon is very, very, uh, it's excellent to use. Uh, but I just feel, and there's nothing, I use a lot of fluorocarbon. Mm -hmm. but. I just been drifting more and more towards that breed, uh, just because of so many different factors out there. Mm -hmm. But fluorocarbon, a minimal stretch, basically invisible, uh, extremely sensitive. Mm -hmm. So there's the best advice uh, to anyone is rig up a couple rods of each mm -hmm. line. That's mm -hmm. probably the best way to approach it. Okay. Okay. And 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 do some experimenting as well yeah on certain days with certain lures yes we need mm -hmm. to do that and the biggest thing uh, factor here too is that we need to uh, uh, match the poundage of test on the rod uh, all together sure. with the lure and the species we're pursuing mm -hmm. you know there again too the average line that's used throughout the nation is uh, open water fishing especially and this is going to apply to uh, to ice fishing too is heavy line mm -hmm. uh, most people are going to use 10 pound test and we need to really uh, stay away from that uh, because the next question well what happens if I catch a big fish it's going to break off well the answer to that question is what are you fishing for? Are you fishing for wallies or are you fishing for sunfish or crappie? Mm -hmm. You got to make that decision what to sure. use under certain conditions, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But you can uh, go rig up for uh, the what if situations, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, there'll be times I'm sure where you're pan fishing and you know might get the odd walleye on the line, but those are kind of the outliers and, and right. not, not necessarily what you're what what happened, you know, on a normal basis. Right. And but if you're doing anything right, if you've got your drag system adjusted correctly, you can get a lot of walleyes on two pound test line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not impossible. If it's not, no. all, but there again too is the drag system so important, quality reel so important, and the drag system in the wintertime, for some reason, I really feel that it loosens up or tightens up. So constantly check your drag system. Just set it once you're out there. Not going to work. You know, if it's too loose, you're not going to get a hook set. If it's too tight, you got to break off. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Well, well, Terry, again, anything else that uh, that you'd like to add that uh, that I might be overlooking here today? 
Not really. I think one thing is clothing, Kevin. You know, oh, yeah. we don't hardly ever talk about that. No, no one really does. And clothing is extremely important. I don't know how many times you've probably seen, I've seen people sitting on the ice uh, and not dressed properly. They're shivering. Sometimes they don't even have a stocking cap or a cap. Yeah. Uh, you can tell that they're cold. And what? <laughs> excuse me. What happens is when that's taking place, our brain automatically sends up. To our, a message to our body to shiver. When we start to shiver, we cannot concentrate on what we're doing. You've lost focus at that point. Yeah, you lost focus, but all you're trying to do is stay warm. Mm -hmm. So dress according, dress properly. Yep. Exactly, and and there are there is clothing here as well that clam hands. So. Oh yes, yeah, they got a lot. I uh, last year they came out with the uh, Edge X suit. Uh, it's lightweight. It's uh, waterproof. It's extremely warm. And that's really sort of my go-to right now. Mm -hmm. yeah, of course, you have the float suits. We all know about sure, those. Sure, sure, exactly. And, you know, I mean, that's... It, it, uh they've, they've thought of it all. I guess really, you know, it's it, if, if you're not comfortable out there, it's just not going to be a good day all the way around. No, it isn't. You know, and, and if you can just envision you're cold, you're starting to shiver, your hands are cold, you're not going to be very productive. It just will not and can't happen. You know, well, yeah. Exactly, and you know it's it's just it's so important to 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 you know you prepare with the the shelter and the tackle and everything. You got to take care of yourself as well. Oh yes, you really do. You know, and that's another thing too. I didn't mention, but you know, especially at this time, but not only at this time, fishing the backwater uh, is check that ice. You know, I I have been on. I learned a lesson, but unfortunate or fortunate, I broke through like three times, mm -hmm. but always up to like my waist. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that shock of that cold water on your body is something you cannot describe. Yeah. It's just literally unbelievable. And so check the ice. If you ever have do break through, you've got to get into a warm place. If it's your mm -hmm. pickup or if it's a home or whatever, uh, you've got to you get that wet, those wet clothes off. But you've got to warm up immediately. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got hypothermia issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And gonna from the interview there, I want to thank uh, Tackle Terry too. We, 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 yeah, talking about safety and uh, very, very important, <clears throat> regardless of whether it's early ice or mid ice or late ice. It, it's all important there. But uh, yeah, that's uh, we covered it as always with uh, a lot of different topics there with Terry this morning, and uh, hope you enjoyed the interview. Got a few things out of it there, and uh, I've got a couple more interviews uh, next week that uh, that I'll be playing with. Uh, uh, that I got up at the uh, the ice fishing show here, so that's going to be coming up here in uh, next Saturday, as a matter of fact. So, uh, but right now it's time for me to uh, wind things down and roll on out of here for this Saturday. So I want to thank you very much for listening again. Thanks to uh, Austin Redfern from the UWL fishing team. Again, that uh, fundraiser is from four to nine at uh, Crooked Pint out in Alaska on uh, December the nineteenth. So. Stomp on out and help support the team. Good cause. Got to run. You have yourself a tremendous weekend. Be safe, be well, and I will see you next Saturday with another edition of WKTY Outdoors. <laughs>